Well, I have to make a, a confession. It's kind of a, a weird thing, but it happens to me every year as we get to Christmas. And I know, and I, I get to do this regularly, that we get to talk about the birth of Jesus. Unfortunately, the memory that always comes to mind every single year is stupid Talladega Nights. I always think of Ricky Bobby Jesus. It happens every time we get here because Ricky Bobby loved to pray to baby Jesus. It's what he liked to do. And even what we watched in the video already, this idea that we don't connect the dots with Jesus' birth moving us in a new direction and what it all means through his life, death, and resurrection. We have to connect them. Birth is a beginning. And that's where we are today. We wanna look together at one of the great accounts of Jesus' life death and resurrection. There are four accounts in what we call the scriptures. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They give accounts of Jesus' life. And Matthew and Luke give accounts of this beginning of this birth. We're going to look at Matthew's account. And I want to take you back a little bit to the story as we examine this in the first chapter of Matthew. By the time that we're going to enter into, Mary is already with child and Joseph, her betrothed, has just found out. Now, Joseph is a God-fearing man. He's following the law and the way of Israel, and he knows she should not be pregnant, that it's scandalous. And so Joseph, in a very honoring way, is contemplating, how can I kind of let her out of what we're supposed to enter into and let her quietly walk away and not either of us be scandalized, kind of protect her and not enter this? And then something happens in Joseph's life. We take it up in chapter 1, verse 20. It says, after he'd considered this, meaning he's going to step away, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you just to pause with me for a minute and consider the fact that what made him reconsider things was a dream. Now, in our modern 21st century sensibilities, we're more reasonable than that, aren't we? In fact, oftentimes, I think we're very skeptical about how God speaks and moves and leads. And all I want to ex kind of have us consider already is God is a God of mystery and wonder. And maybe if nothing else, you just begin to open up your mind to, could God speak to us in ways we don't expect? Let's stop thinking God's so reasonable because you realize he's not. We would say God is above reason. There's wonder and mystery. And maybe even if you're in a place of doubt today, would you just entertain that the things you find reasonable might be overcome by the wonder of who God is? Because I love the fact that Joseph, a very God-honoring man, changed his mind through a dream. That's crazy, isn't it? But it's where we begin with a man who is willing to respond to a dream that God gave him. And the statement is made, what is conceived as her is from the Holy Spirit. Now I want us to continue in the wonder of that. Because in essence, what the angel's telling Joseph is, there's life in her, life, new life, like happens all the time, but it's different. This is a new kind of new life, if you will. Something different has happened that's never happened before. In, in case you don't realize it, this isn't like just every normal birth. He's saying what's happened is from God. This is new. This is new life. It continues. And, and this angel continues to explain it to him in the dream. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Now, in case you don't know, Jesus in its meaning in the Jewish culture, if we go back to the Hebrew language, which this is from, is the word Yeshua. Yeshua itself simply means to deliver or to rescue. And it's a sense that Jesus would bring deliverance or rescue. Now it has added meaning because they knew they were prophesied for centuries before that a Messiah would come, Yeshua, 
Yeshiach Messiah, the one who would save them from this mess they're in. The angel explains it even further because you'll save the people from their sins. Now, sin is not a good thing to talk about these days because everybody feels like everything's fine and we're all good and we just pretend nothing's bad. But let's agree, we're all a mess, aren't we? You're looking at me, you're going, yeah, you're definitely a mess. I'm looking at you and going, well, you're not much better. No, no offense. We all understand, don't we, that life's a mess. That we create messes and we have messes brought upon us. And the beautiful thing that Israel was promised was one day a Messiah would come that would free them from the mess. Jesus came as an infant in incredible vulnerability, in incredible poverty, lived a very difficult life to the point of extreme suffering. There's a picture for us in how he saves us, by the way. I was thinking about this over the holidays because there's some dear friends to us, and we have this regularly, but they've been through a severe loss this year of a son. And I know how hopeless and how aching they are right now as they go to Christmas at this time. And I think of how many of my friends that aren't in the church or even those in the church that ask, if God's so good, why is there suffering? And you know, there's not an answer to fix it, but here's the answer. Jesus doesn't answer why, he just says, I'm here. I enter suffering. I become suffering. I'm with you in it. His answer is, I'm with you. Not why, not what. And I will endure anything to bring you freedom. Now it takes him to live a life of suffering, ultimately to suffer and die on a cross, to basically substitute himself for us so that he pays the price we should pay for our own sin and mess. And then new life comes out of it, resurrection. So when we hear the idea that he's gonna save people from sins, that's what it means. We are saved from our own mess and our own suffering through his suffering death. And by the way, resurrection is a proof that that's real. Because if it really happens, it changes death. You wanna wonder why the resurrection matters? That's why it matters. In the midst of that, though, I fear that's too little of a perspective. And it's one the church often gives, and we often like. Jesus saves us from sin. What that means is, it doesn't matter what I do, I gotta get out of jail free card. And not only is it shortchanged, it cheapens what Jesus really did. See, he didn't just save us from sin, he saves us for something. And by the way, when we follow his life, there's always an answer. Jesus is called the second Adam, which means he makes remedy for the mess in the world. That's the first part we get, but the second is Jesus is always a pathway. It's always an example to follow in how he lives through his spirit. So if Jesus brings new life, guess what he gives to us? New life. See, we're not just saved from, we're saved for. God wants for us to have a new life that changes the world just the way he did. And through that, he wants us to bring new life to others. We're not just saved from, we're saved for. And it centers simply around new life. The beauty of the early church is they really got this. We even have pictures of it through Jesus' very life. Peter, Peter's a great example. He's one that followed Jesus closely and had his ups and downs, up and down with a mess all the time. At Jesus' weakest moment, when he's being really attacked and assaulted to prepare to die, Peter denies him not once, not twice, but three times. He betrays him at Jesus' greatest hour of need. Once Jesus rises, Peter is so distraught with his own deterioration and his own sin and his own mess that he goes back to work at the Sea of Galilee. 
crazily, Jesus meets him there on the shores of his failure and misery, which by the way is how we get the name All Shores. Because here's the deal. Jesus meets Peter on the shore of his failure and he saves him from his sin, but he saves him for inviting him to join him in bringing new life to others. Because by the way, when you're saved for, it's not just that you're saved from, but you're saved for so that the new life in you can be helped in the new life and bring new life to others. It's not just for us, it's to give away and exponentially magnify. I'll give you another picture from the scriptures. Jesus meets up with a woman in Samaria. In Samar- yeah. She is a scandalous woman that's had a difficult life and probably been severely abused and taken down through all of it. He calls that out, but in the midst of it, invites her to new life, invites to save her from. And her next step is to go to the city and tell everybody about who he is because she's saved for something new to bring new life. That's all just from a birth, by the way. See, the birth is the beginning to bring saved from and saved for and new life out of. It's a beautiful picture. Paul talks about this to the early church. One of our earliest leaders, after Jesus rises and is back in heaven, Paul gives this great statement. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. It's a beautiful and profound understanding. What he's saying is that something new is deposited in those who are saved from to now be saved for to bring new life. There's a new creation going on. The dilemma of it is that we love it in its beginning, but we tend to think of it as fully developed when it happens. The new is here literally means it's beginning, it's starting. Picture it this way. It's like a new baby being born, a new life. That's a good looking kid, isn't it? Don't worry, it's no relation to me. I'm not trying to play anything up. It's great when there's new life, isn't it? What happens if new life never matures? Does that frighten any of you? That's me, by the way. In case you couldn't tell by the gross-looking face. It is really sick, isn't it? I've looked at this many times, and it never gets better. The reason I, I show it to you, aside from it being gross, is unfortunately, I think as Christians, we like the idea of Jesus saving us from, but we've lost sight of the new life to grow into and be safe for. We've settled. In fact, if you're here today and you've been disheartened by Christians, I, I hear this regularly. I might even been a culprit at times. Oftentimes people look at us and they go, how are you any different than anyone else? I don't see the new life in you. And I go, the sadness is I think we settled for an idea of being saved from without really a reality being saved for. And we haven't considered what it means to grow up in the new life God has for us. You understand that we grow up, don't you? I mean, when we're born, we don't stay the same size. We develop and grow physically. When we're born, we don't stay with the same cognitive abilities. They grow and develop, don't they? When we're born, we grow and develop emotionally. And the same way God invites us in new life to grow and develop spiritually. And I want to go, just because there are people that have not done that, just because some of us have not, doesn't mean it's not true. It just means we missed what the whole point was. Jesus bringing new life was a beginning to move into a really big, bold, maturing new way. Let me give you a picture of it. Uh, We have, uh, in our Coopersville campus, we had an experience this last year, uh, a young woman uh, named Tammy who God is moving and bringing new life in her. 
In her pursuit of Christ, she began to ask God to speak to her in circumstances, and she got this prompting again and again to move towards a woman that she had met named Annie. Annie had turned out had terminal cancer, and Tammy just kept hearing it from God, move towards her, move towards her, move towards her. Tammy continued to move towards her, and eventually it led through their relationship for Annie to join her on Easter last year. Annie would become, soon after that, a follower of Jesus. Annie was one who had a pretty crusty experience. She was a little bit of a porcupine in how she treated others. And through the last year of her life, as she was continuing to move towards death, she began to grow and new life began to emerge, even in the midst of what was wasting away in her body. To such a degree that she would even describe it to Dave, our campus pastor, as God would speak to her regularly each day and she would hear from him, trust me, stay bold, and I will hold your hand all the way into the next life. And she would pass peacefully knowing that. But before she passed, people that worked with her would gather around her and help her in those last days because they were drawn to the new life they saw in her. Because new life produces new life. And new life matures in Christ. It's not meant to just be a saved from. It's meant to be a saved for. And by the way, in case you don't know it, you realize we live in a very contentious time today. True? I would bet there are things at your dinner tables you have to be careful that you talk about this round. I won't even talk about what they might be. And sometimes you can't even talk with your spouse about them. We live in such a time where we think things will change if someone else will do it. Do you know where Jesus put the hope of his glory? In his people. Jesus was born. He lived and died and rose again to give his freedom and save us from, but he also gave it to his people to be saved for, to be the hope of the world. In this room, you have more likelihood of changing the world than any of these contentious things going on around us. Because God wants to work through you to change the people around you. I got so much hope for that. And I want to see that happen. Not just this idea of other places and other people changing. How we argue about things. But the new life that Christ has really brought to us. It's a simple idea for you today. New life is born out of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate his birth but his birth is a beginning to his life and his death and his resurrection. I love the way Peter tells this to the early church to remind us. He says, you, you people who follow Jesus have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. That simply means through Jesus, by the way, because he is the living and enduring word of God. I love the picture of a seed. It's a picture of something being begun in us that God wants to grow in us. We actually have these for you today, these seeds that have this statement, this passage on it. Because we want you, as you consider the birth of Christ, to not just consider that he came to save us from, but he came to save us for. And that there's a new life for you to have, that God wants to begin and do a work in you, that he wants to see through to completion and maturation. That you are the hope of glory. And I love that you're gonna go and have great times with your families. I love that you'll go and open presents and you'll love the food and you'll argue about all sorts of things. But man, there's nothing better than what we're talking about right now. It is new. 
It's different kind of new. It's not new like other things you've done. This is a new that will never happen before and never again other than its ultimate completion. Jesus came to save us from, but he came to save us for. And he has new life to mature in us. I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes. And I wanna guide us through a prayer for kind of each group as I've prayed and asked God how he's to meet with us today. I want you to consider maybe you fit one of these. Maybe you're here today and you've never received the saved for. Maybe you're living with circumstances going, you don't know what I've done. There's no way God could forgive that. And I'd go, oh, you are so wrong. There is no depth you can plummet that Jesus won't go deeper. That's the beauty of it. He, he meets us and dies for us in the midst of the mess, not after we clean it. And so maybe you're here today and for the first time, you wanna just respond to his invitation to salvation. If you're in that group, I just wanna pray for you right now. And I want you to pray with me on this. This is all you have to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came, you lived, you died, and you rose again. Thank you that you saved me from my sin and mess. I receive your forgiveness. And God, I'm asking for the deposit of your Holy Spirit, the new life in me, to be saved for. And Lord, I pray you'll bless that group. If you responded that way, with everyone else's eyes closed, I just ask you to hold your hand up that we know you're one that wants to receive that today. Wonderful. And then I think there's some of you here today that maybe you'd go, I've been living a baby Christian life. I really haven't been growing. I'm kind of stuck. I like the transaction, but I don't know what new life means. And maybe today you would just say, God, I want to be inspired and growing and who you've made me to be, to be safe for, not just safe from. And if you're in that group, Lord, I pray you would meet them in that way today. Give new life and new hope to them. And if you're in that group, I just ask you to raise your hand in that way. Wonderful, wonderful. Great to see. God bless what you're doing in that group of folks. Then maybe you're here today and you're in doubt. You go, I don't know if I buy any of this. I got lots of questions. And maybe your prayer today is just, God, Help me to take a step towards you. Show me what a step to even pursuing that is. And Lord, I'm asking for that crew that you'd meet them and somewhere they'd move towards you. Somewhere you'd reveal the mystery beyond reason. And then finally, I wanna pray for you if just as a follower of Jesus, God would give you new life today. It's not like it's a one and done thing. God continues to inspire and invigorate by the power of his spirit new life into us. So for the rest here, I pray, God, that you would inspire them. You would give them a reminder of the new life. And even in the season, there might be a new deposit in them of something you're bringing about, inviting them to, moving in the midst of. Lord, I pray you would reveal to them how you have new life in this season and you would begin to invigorate their life that way. All of them. I pray this in your name as well. Amen.